This morning I ask you if you go back with me again to the 15th chapter of John. Uh, somebody said the other day, it says a good thing John doesn't have 100 verses in it, we'd be here for two years. We're, there is so much that the uh, Holy Spirit has just flooded my heart, your minister's heart, so many of those who've been in our discipleship program for some time that have just flown right out of these passages. They're just so very, very rich. Uh, today, I want you to see a progression that's in the Scriptures. And, and that's amazing sometimes when you see not only a thought, but a thought being developed in just a very few verses. And we're going to see this, we're going to take it apart for a minute this morning, having to do with God calling us to be fruitful people. John chapter 15, will you begin reading with me at verse 1? I am the vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away, or that word also means lifts up. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that word also means cleanses, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean, that's the same word, because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Harvey, that's what that's all about, abiding in me. Enter in, that's abiding in me. I love that. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot of itself <clears throat> bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. We've learned about what that abide means, to be drawing our life source through the vine there. Okay, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Okay? Nothing. Now, pray with me. Holy Spirit, open our eyes once again. But this time to this whole concept of what does it mean to be bearing fruit? And what is this fruit? What is it that's supposed to happen when we abide in you? When we're living in a life-giving union with you? When we draw our life source from you? And our focus is just, just on You. Lord, teach us from Your Holy Word. Holy Spirit, we bless You to do that. In Christ's name, Amen. Now keep in mind the setting. Don't ever take a, context, uh, a text out of its context. This is part of the upper room discourse. Jesus is talking to His disciples the last time. He'll have a chance to teach them before he's arrested, goes to the, the beating and the cross and all of that. This is his last opportunity. So he's gathered them. He wants to let them know what's going to happen. He wants to encourage them. He starts with verse four, chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. He talks about, I want to leave you my peace. I, I'm going to leave my comforter with you. And that comforter is going to really be me. And then he moves into what's going to happen by that comforter abiding within us as he moves into the 15th chapter. As God no longer would stand beside them, but he would actually be within them, what is the difference that's going to happen? So he uses this analogy that is so very common in, in Israeli life, especially back in then, of the grapevines. And he said, I am the true vine. That's Jesus. Every other source of life out there is just a counterfeit of me. I'm the real and the true one. And I'm the true vine. My Father, God the Father, is the vine dresser. He's the one who takes care of the vine and all of the branches. And then he says, now you are the branches. The key is abiding in Him. The role of the branch is not to bear fruit. The role of the branch is to abide in the vine. The, the responsibility for bearing fruit lies in the vine dresser, God. 
Okay? But it flows out of us abiding in Him. So let's talk a little bit about what this, this fruit really is. I, I read from Pamela Reeve who wrote a series of parables uh, from the vineyard. She said this, The grower looks across the vineyard and sees life breaking forth on every hand. Sap has risen in the vine. Out of the rough and sometimes twisted old branch, tiny shoots of bud appeared. The leaves, the stems, the clusters can be seen in miniature. The persistent power of this new life flows as the vine pushes sap up and out through the branches. Fruit is coming. Fruit's coming. That's, that's what this is about. Jesus says some interesting things here. He, if you'll notice, when He said in verse 2, He says, there is no fruit. Then the vine dresser some, does some things to where there will be fruit. And then as a result of him doing other things, there's more fruit. And then as we move down a little further in verse 5, then there's much fruit. And we're going to jump over to verse 16 in a little bit. And it's talking about lasting fruit. So there's a progression here. A progression from being in the vine but having no fruit, to producing fruit, to more fruit, to much fruit, to just gobs and gobs of fruit. Okay? So... What is this about? Let's take these apart and, and then we're going to talk about what this fruit might actually look like. First of all, he says that in verse 2, there are some branches that are bearing no fruit. We've dealt with this already. I just want to hit a couple of highlights right here. The purpose of the vine dresser is to so work with each and every branch that it bears fruit because that's his purpose. Now, if you and I are the branches... The purpose in my life and yours is for us to bear fruit. We'll talk about what that fruit is a little later. But that's our purpose. That's why God has us here. And God the Father, the loving vine dresser, who loves His Son more than anything, loves the branches that grows out of His Son, that's us, the believers, and loves us so much that He's going to go to great lengths that we would bear fruit. So what happens when He finds a branch that's not bearing fruit? Well, we studied that. What He's going to do, He's going to do whatever is necessary with that branch to enable that branch to be in a position to bear more fruit. He want, the, the, the purpose for us being here is to bear fruit. So what does he do? Well, if something needs to be pruned away, he'll cut it away. But what he does, he lifts that branch up out of where the dirt is. He'll clean it off. He'll put it back into the trellis to where it can get the sunshine and all of the nutrients. And, we, and it'll be in the best possible position to where it can bear fruit. Folks, listen to me. Some of us are right here today. We know we're in the vine. We know that we're saved. But as we look at our lives, we, we don't see productivity in our lives. We don't see the character of Christ flowing through our lives. We don't see the boldness to share the gospel with other people. We don't see other people's lives being transformed by us pouring into them. And so we have to ask the question, what's going on? Maybe we've backslidden. Maybe we've fallen into the dirt. Maybe we've fallen after the ways of this world. Maybe we've got our concentration on, on, on making money or, 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 or power or getting in positions or working on this relationship or whatever the case may be. And, and got our mind off of abiding in Him. We can only be productive to the point that we are abiding in Him. And so what, is the, what does the great vine dresser do? Does he say, okay, you're not being productive. You're not meeting a quota. Snip, cut you off, throw you in the fire. No, that's not what he does. But he'll do anything and everything that he needs to do in my life and yours in order to make us to be productive. So that's the one that is the no fruit. He wants to lift you up. He wants to clean you up. He wants to make you to where you can bear fruit. But then, when that happens, 
and you begin to bear fruit, it's very important as the vine dresser watches your progress that there be nothing in your life that saps away that life energy. And remember, we looked at the tomato plants, and so many of you have taught me how to grow tomato plants. I'm still not as good as you are, so don't stop, whatever you do. But that as the tomato plants grow, there are these little sucker shoots that pop out. And they're never going to produce tomatoes. So what you do, you snip those off to where they won't be robbing sap coming up from the vine. God has to do some things in my life and yours, and we talked about this, that some things He has to very lovingly remove from our lives because they're just taking all of the spiritual energy, all of the source of life out of us, and nothing is being produced in the process. And so He does that to where we will bear more fruit. You see there in verse 2. Okay? So we go (coughs) from bearing no fruit to bearing fruit to then more fruit. Now look in verse 5. Verse 5, he, he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Much fruit. Now this is, this is interesting. This is, is the concept of fruit upon fruit. Or I would say bunches and bunches. Okay? Jesus said, I have come that you might have life and that you might have it what? Abundantly. This is abundant fruit. This is overflowing fruit. This is super, super productive fruit. So he said, now if you're abiding in me, and I'm abiding in you, and you're drawing your life source and your life energy from me, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to not only produce fruit, I'm not only going to produce more fruit, I'm going to produce an abundant harvest of fruit. Are there people in your lives that you know that they just, when you, when you come into their presence, it's almost like being in the presence of Christ. I mean, they have such a godly aura about them and they are so genuinely concerned about you and your life and they're, <coughs> they love to pray for you. They want to know what's going on in your life. Uh, they're not so interested in you finding out what's going in theirs. They want to know what's going on in your life. They want to, to enter in for you and encourage you and pray for you. And, and, and Isn't it wonderful to have folks like that? And, and when you're there, they have this wonderful forgiving spirit. They have this great patience. They have all the things. And you think, gosh, that's what I read about Jesus. And yet, I'm experiencing it in these people's lives. As I'm around them, it's so refreshing to be around somebody that being with them is just like being in the presence of Jesus. That's abundant fruit. And that's what God wants to grow in my life and yours to where we are so abiding in Him, so yielded to Him, that life is so every bit about just being in Him that our character slowly but surely gets to be changed to be more like Him. Now, that produces fruit. Okay, Brother Fred, let's get at it. Let's get some of this fruit growing right here. Well, before you... uh, before you uh, bust a branch or pop a twig, let's talk about something a little bit. What is this fruit? What is the fruit of growing in our faith in Christ? What does that look like? Well, some people will say uh, the, the fruit is other Christians. It means that we're being evangelistic, that we're talking about our faith, that we're sharing our story, and that's, that's part of it, that we're sharing our story, that we're sharing the gospel, and other people are coming to faith in Christ, and, and we're getting opportunity to pray with them and lead them and walk them down the aisle and help them in the part of baptism and help them to grow up. Is that fruit, Brother Fred? Yes. 
I don't think that's exclusively what's being talked about here, but that is a sampling of fruit. Well, some people would say, well, I, I think fruit in the Christian life is good works. We're told in Ephesians that we're, that, that we're saved, we're, we're, we're accepted, we're created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So doing good things for people, filled with mercy and grace and helps and, and all of these things, this, that's, that's what's fruit. Well, I think that is fruit. The Bible does call that fruit. I don't think that's everything, but that's some of it. Well, I think what the fruit, of the, the fruit is is the fruit of the Spirit. That's what, God, what is spoken of in, <coughs> excuse me, in um, Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Again, such there is no law. So there it is. That's, that's what fruit is. It's, 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 it, it's love. And out of love flows all of these things. And those nine are characteristics of Christ. That's Jesus being Jesus in my life and yours. So I think that's true, but I think it's more. You see, everything we've mentioned so far is something that is external. Something that the world can see. Is this important? Yes. The Scriptures tell us we will know a brother and sister in Christ because we see the fruit in their lives. Okay? So there's a reality to that. But let me tell you, outward expressions of the presence of God grow out of the inward reality of the presence of God. Are you with me? Fruit begins in the abiding. Fruit begins in the close, intimate relationship we have with Jesus. And the emphasis that Jesus is making right here is fruit is important, and fruit is going to bring glory to God. And fruit is our primary uh, reason for being. But how do we get that fruit? We do it by learning to abide in Jesus Christ. Folks, can I pause just a minute? I am so excited next Sunday night to begin FBU. Uh, and as we begin FBU, let me tell you what that really is all about. This is providing for our, our beloved membership an opportunity for them to find the building blocks to grow in their Christian life. To find the, the, the cornerstone to get the basics down pat. Far too often in Baptist life, we have brought people to faith in Christ. And then after they've come to faith in Jesus, we've just kind of said, okay, have a seat and uh, you know, maybe go to Sunday school and, and you may or may not grow in the Lord at all. This is a concerted effort to make it possible for every person in our church family to have everything they need to have the disciplines of a good Christian start. Some people who are brand new, who've just been Christians for a few weeks, few months, maybe a year, they're going to enjoy this. People who have been Christians for a long time, but they have never really had somebody disciple them. I, I was a Christian for a long time. I'd gone off to seminary. I'd pastored a couple of churches already before I ever found the need and realized I had never been discipled. And so it's not just for brand new believers in Christ. It's for people who want to know good foundation to begin or to begin again. We're going to have a course that we're just calling Welcome to the Bible. Now, it is so very elementary, okay? Yeah, I'm going to hold up a Bible. I'm going to say this is a Bible, okay? We're going to begin from there, okay? Because I don't know about you, but for me, as a brand new believer, I knew nothing about this book. I didn't know how to find my way around in it. I, I you know, the pastor would say, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and I'd, let me tell you where I'd turn. I'd turn to the book of Contents. 
I didn't know an Ephesians from an Ecclesiastes, okay? And, and, and get a page number and go to a page number. We have to understand that we all come into the Christian faith without having any of this understanding and background. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We start from beginning. So Valeria and I together are going to share with you some of the joys of getting to know your Bible. Then we're going to have one that is for new believers. First steps. What are the first steps we need to take as a brand new believer? How do I begin this journey of a lifetime together? Then we're going to have one that is called Discovering Your Shape for Ministry. You know, God shapes us with our spiritual gifts, our heart, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences to be the unique people that we are. But He shaped you the way you are to where He can plug you into a particular area of ministry in this church family. And so this is going to be a study about how God has shaped you and what that shape looks like. And then there's going to be one about basic discipleship, Discipleship 101, how we can begin to be Christ followers. Now these four are going to be offered all this year long, okay? They're going to be offered, we're going to have eight-week courses, five weeks off, eight-week courses, five weeks off. In the course of a year, you can take all four of them or you can take two or three of them. And for those of you who don't want to be involved in that, we're still going to have Sunday night preaching just like usual. So here's the key. We want to provide you everything you need to understand how to abide in Christ, how to grow in Him, and how to be everything God wants you to be. There's going to be things going on for the children. So young families, you can have your children are going to be well taken care of in the process. We're excited about this. Not tonight, but next Sunday night we're going to be beginning. I say that because this is integral to understanding how fruit grows in our lives. And that's what's important. Fruit is produced as we learn to abide in Christ. Abide in Him and let just draw from his life source. Well, what, what, how is this, what's this look like? Brother Frank, can you get a little bit more specific? Our ministers get together on a, on a weekly basis and we talk about things about these sermons and, and uh, I don't do all this on my own. They, they have an awful lot of input to the things we talk about. So one of the things I did, I got a couple of our guys together and I said, look, tell me some fruit in your life how God produced some things in your life that so totally is not you. So totally is not you. Because the fruit that God grows in our lives that we use as our personality and our abilities and such, it's abundantly more beyond <coughs> excuse me, what we can just generate on our own power. And so, I'll, 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 from right out of the Scriptures, we see some of the fruit. Verse 7, we're going to get into that in another week or two. It's answered prayer. Someone who is abiding in Christ and God's Word is abiding in them, they're going to pray and God's going to answer those prayers powerfully. We find out in, in verse 9 that, that loving God, having a deep, deep passion for God is a natural expression and, and, and outgrowth of that abiding. And we also find in, in verse 10 that our obedience, obeying the command, these are things that just naturally flow out of abiding in Christ. But let me tell you, first of all, a little bit about me. This may come as a shock to some of you, but by nature, I am an incredibly shy and withdrawn individual. I always have been, okay? I mean, in, in the early days when I was young, one of the reasons that I, I had so much rage and later on a lot of, a lot of anger and, and got in a lot of fights and all was because I really wanted to be left alone. I was very shy. I was very withdrawn. And so 
because of that, I just wanted to be left alone, but people wouldn't leave me alone. Then I'd learned, especially growing up in the home I had of a marine drill instructor, that the way you handle people is physically. But that was always because what I really wanted to do was to be by myself. Just, 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 just leave me alone. I mean, I could have been one of those people that would have been the hermit, that would have been up in the, up in the hills and just come down every few months for supplies. And then God, with a little bit of humor, no, with a whole lot of humor, he said, I want to call you to be a pastor. I want to call you to be a preacher. And I had to say, who, me? Not me. You know, I'm the one, when you had to do the recite the poem or to give your report in class, would always be the last one unless my name was called ahead of time. That's just, <coughs> that's just so not me. That's just not getting up front, talking, self-confidence being low, all of this. And so God called me to be a proclaimer of His Word. I want to tell you something about me today. I never come and stand behind this sacred desk that my knees are not knocking. That it doesn't scare the bejeebers out of me. And I have taught my boys who also stand behind these sacred desks. Don't you ever stand up and preach in an utter confidence within yourself. You preach to an audience of one and that is the Almighty God. And if that doesn't put the fear in you, nothing ever will. It's an awesome, frightening thing to speak thus saith the Lord. And yet, God called me in, in about... About 50 years ago now, I've been in, in, in actual ministry. And nobody's more surprised than I am. Well, maybe Valeria. Okay. But no, nobody more surprised than I am because out of that shyness, I, I, I don't naturally interact with people. Now, I've grown to. Holy Spirit has produced this fruit in me that now I draw my absolute life flow almost from being with you. The time we spend together before and after the services and time we get to visit and be together during the week as we love one another, as we share one another's burdens and such, uh, all of that is just, I, I get to give, but it's also so much bl blessing into me. If I had followed my natural instincts and not been abiding in Christ, then I would have been that recluse. But because of that, He's grown the fruit of loving His people and shepherding His people within me. I, out of that shyness, I wasn't very quick to share my faith, to share my story. And yet as I began as a very young believer to abide in Christ and find my boldness and my confidence in Him, then it became very natural. It was almost embarrassing from time to time when Valeria and I were early dating in those early years and I would stop a conversation with her in a heartbeat and take up one with somebody else telling about what the Lord was doing in my life. Look, that doesn't come natural. That's the fruit of Holy Spirit lit, coming within you as you're abiding in Him. One of the things that we draw from Him is a holy boldness. Not a boldness in us, but a boldness in Him. A boldness in the Gospel. A boldness to be able to say, whatever your situation is, Jesus is the answer. And if you ever come to Him in faith, if you ever accept what He did on the cross to take your sins upon Himself, if you ever allow Him to, be to come and be the boss in your life and learn to abide in Him and draw your very life from Him, then He will bring an answer to every concern you have. 
they won't all go away, but he's going to be right there with you to deal with each and every part of it. This is the natural outgrowth. Uh, let me tell you something else. It is against human nature to be forgiving. It is against human nature to be forgiving. We don't forgive, we get even. Or no, we don't, we want to get ahead. That's, that's human nature. That's where we actually live. And so when you have had deep, deep hurts in your life from a childhood or an adolescence or a young adult or in a relationship that's gone sour or whatever the case may be, these, these, cut, this, these cuts are deep. Sometimes they're terminal. Sometimes they're terminal. I mean, I know people have literally died from the hurts in their lives. But hear me, folks. The fruit of the Spirit is forgiveness. It's unnatural. It's something only Jesus can, can bring forth within us. When we're deeply, deeply hurt, disappointed, stabbed in the back, whatever the case may be, and then God within us gives us the incredible supernatural power to say, I forgive you. I release you from the debt that you owe to me and receive the peace that comes from that. Folks, that's not human nature. That's not trying hard and gritting your teeth. That's something that only happens as Holy Spirit abides within us, as we're abiding in the vine. And, and the one who could hang on the cross after he'd been nailed there and look at the people who put the nails there and say, Father, forgive them. That's Spirit. That's the Spirit that lives within you. That lives within you. Uh, I was mentoring this weekend some of uh, ministers that I love so much. And they, we were talking about forgiveness. And, and they were talking about how emotionally, how hard it is to forgive. And I said, listen, can I tell you something? Forgiveness is not an emotion. Forgiveness is a decision in your will that you decide to release someone from the debt that they owe to you. It may not be emotionally a nice, sweet thing at all. As a matter of fact, it may go contrary to your emotions. But because of what Christ has done for you and what He has forgiven you of, you make a decision in your will that I will not hold this against this person. I will release them. That's what forgiveness is. And you cannot do that except by the power of the Holy Spirit. One of our ministers says, well, for me, it's, it's very much one of those uh, <coughs> besetting sins that I have. Because he said, like you, I, I need approval. I need the approval of people, and that's a thorn in my flesh that I sure do wish the Lord would, would remove. But specifically, he said, Derek was the one who said this. He said, you know, for me, it's waiting. For me, it's waiting when the Lord says, just wait and let me do it. But by nature, he's a go-fix-it person. Go, go, go put his hands on it. Go, go speak into the situation, whatever the case may be. But he said one of the fruits that the Lord has grown in my life is the ability to sit back and let God be God. Let God have his part. Let him do what only he can do. You know, I cannot win any of you to faith in Christ. I can't win any of you over to anything. That's, that's, that's not my ability. I can't do that. 
That's something only Holy Spirit can do. One of the things that Derek and I especially have talked about is how hard it is for us to stop being Holy Spirit. To stop being Holy Spirit. To let Him do what only He can do. And us do what He's called us to do. You see, this is fruit of the Spirit. And you see where it's coming from? It's coming from in here. Before it ever grows out here for things that people can see, it has to be in here. So what's the fruit God's growing in your heart right now? What is it He's doing in the depths of you right now? He, he, maybe right now He looks at you and you have to agree with Him and say, there is no fruit. There is no character of Christ going in my life right now. I've fallen down in the dirt of this world and the energy is, has been sapped away from me. So what I need for you to do, Holy Spirit, is to lift me up. Cleanse me and put me back into the trellis. Restore that sap that's flowing through me to where I can be fruitful. Maybe today there is fruit in your life, but maybe it's just really minuscule. And maybe what you need to do today is say, Lord, there are so many things in this life that is sapping my spiritual energy. And, and I, I, I need for you to do some pruning in my life. There's some things, and I'm afraid to even ask you to do this, but there's some things in my life I need to ask you to help me deal with. There's some relationships that are sucking me dry. There's some commitments that are just sucking all of the energy out of me whatsoever. And I want you to order my life. I want you to prioritize my life. I want you to be the one so that you can produce more fruit. How do I do that? I have to abide in you. Everything has to be about abiding in you. Drawing my life source from you. I've got to spend time with you. I've got to pray. I've got to be in your word. I've got to be around people who can encourage me and teach me how to do this. But God, I want to do that because I want to have more fruit in my life. And I want to have much more fruit in my life. And the wonderful thing that is promised, and we didn't get to that verse, I'll get to it later, is where your fruit... God's fruit. God's fruit that He's growing in you is going to remain. It's going to stay. It's not going to pitter away. So what He does in you is eternal and everlasting. What is it Holy Spirit is speaking to your heart today? It could be that you're a believer in Christ. You've been baptized, but you're looking for a church home. Maybe the Lord's put it on your heart today that this is the day and this is the place. Okay? when our ministers are going to come forward in just a few moments to receive you, if you'll just plan on coming and being, joining our church fellowship today. Maybe you, you want to come to the altar here and just pray and say, God, here's my need. And I, I dare to believe that you're equal to, to my need today. Maybe you need to come and say, you know, I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I've never taken the step that Brother Fred's talking about. I've never come to that place that I've surrendered my life to Him. But I dare to believe right now that when Jesus died, it was to take my sins upon Himself. And when He rose again, it was so I could have His eternal life. I want Jesus Christ in my life. Come and talk to one of our ministers, and they'll share with you exactly how to do that today. Will you pray with me? <clears throat> Father, this is Your time. There's nothing I can say and nothing I can do to make anything happen. Holy Spirit, it all depends on You. I ask You to draw those that need to unite with our fellowship. Draw those that need to come and just simply pray. 
draw those that need to come and give their life to You. This is Your moment. This is Your day. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.